Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. honored to be up here today and just um, sharing a little bit of what God has been teaching me lately. Um, as I prepared for today, there was a song actually that gripped my heart, and it was a song about hope. And it was the line that gripped me was to hold on tightly to hope and don't forget the things you know. Um, and, and so as I prepared and prayed, I just felt like I was supposed to deliver just a message of hope today um, that would just encourage you, encourage you moms and dads and just everybody. Um, and so like Natalie said, I am a pastor here at Sozo. I lead with my husband, Joel, and an amazing team. Like we have the most amazing team. I I, I get the title of lead pastor, but the team is just really what carries so much of this. And so um, I'm really grateful to be um, on leadership here. Um, so a little bit of my story. I became a actual mom on January, for, uh, January 6, 2013. And uh, my do- daughter, Eliza, was born then. And I have since then had two more kids, but... That experience for me changed everything. As I held her this morning, I, you know, she came in and hugged me and I said, it was you that made me a mom. Like, I'm so grateful for your life. And not that I'm not grateful for my others, but like that first birth experience was just like, wow. And you know, you, your first birth experience is like incredible. And so um, I think my story, my birth story uh, was a, is a story of hope, it's a story of disappointment, and it's a story of redemption. And so when I was pregnant with Eliza, I, um, I wanted to have a natural birth. And you know, you do all the research and everything, and you, and, you, and you write out your birth plan, and you come up with a plan, and you're like, this is what's gonna happen. And at the bottom of the birth plan, you know, that you give to your doctor, you say, in case of an emergency, yes, I will have a C-section. But of course, that would never happen and all these things are gonna go according to plan. I'm gonna do it without drugs and it's gonna be amazing and I'm gonna encounter, you know, angels around me, you know, all the things. (laughs) And um, after 30 hours of labor, a majority of it without pain meds, um, the doctor came in and said, I think we have a problem. Every time you have a contraction, her heart rate drops really low and your contraction goes off the scale and I think we need to have a C-section. And I was devastated. I was like, God, where are you? Do you not know my dreams? Do you not know what I've been praying about and preparing for for the past 40 weeks? And, and, and so we told the doctor, we we're like, I think we need to pray. You know, I, we can't make this decision. So he leaves the room, me and Joel pray. We're both crying. Joel has the flu, actually. <laughs> We didn't tell them because I wanted him in there, but I'm like <laughs> laboring and he's laying on the couch without meds. They hear me screaming in the waiting room and he's laying on the couch. I'm like, I promise he's not a deadbeat husband. <laughs> just, just really sick. <laughs> but I'm like, I need you by my bed. He's like, babe, I can't, like I can't even stand. So it was everything but wonderful. And, um, and so then they take me back for a C-section and 
um, it was just all very cloudy and foggy that time, you know, just exhaustion and the pain meds and everything. And I was so disappointed. I mean, it was amazing whenever I held my baby. I thought it was a miracle when I first held my baby and they let me hold her. I wasn't fully there, but I was so disappointed after that and was like, what just happened? I think I just experienced a massive trauma and I was birthing my baby. Like, it, this is not supposed to be traumatic. And, and so, um, so I just processed that with God for a while you know, just the disappointment of it, longing for the story that I wanted. And, and so it was years of just processing it with God. We, I, I, we even had to talk with Eliza about it and just say, this was your birth experience and this was traumatic for mom. And so we prayed with her just for healing and anything that would happen to her in that time um, and prayed restoration. And so when I got pregnant, Four years later with Evelyn, I was like, God, I want, I want that natural birth. I want to have that again. And so um, we found a doctor that would do a natural birth after C-section and it was a miracle. It was amazing. I, I went to the end of my pregnancy. Uh, in the morning, I went to a pastor's gathering, uh, left for lunch, went home. My mom dismissed, you know, I dismissed my mom from watching the kids. Joel was still at the meeting. 30 minutes later, I'm like, I think I'm having a contraction and I'm here alone with my kid, you know, with Eliza. And so I called Joel and I'm like, I think I'm going into to labor. And uh, four hours later, Evelyn was here. Like four hours later, you know, just natural birth. It was like everything I had dreamed it would be. And it was amazing. And, and God just redeemed that story he just redeemed it. And then I went on with Eli to have the same kind of birth. And so uh, if you're in this place and you have trauma and you are like, man, I really wanted that to go this way, but it ended up going this way. I just want you to have hope that God can redeem it. God can give you the story that you long for. And so that is what... I'm gonna be talking about today. Um, so there's no hopeless circumstances, only hopeless people. Steve Backlund said that. There are no hopeless circumstances, only hopeless people. Hope is an unstoppable force. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. Where there is no hope, all progress and improvement stops. Hope in the Greek word, uh, hope in Greek is elpis. And it is a desire of some good with an expectation of obtaining it. The biblical hope is supernatural. It's supernatural. You know, sometimes we can be like, oh, I, I hope that, that you get a new car. Uh, I hope that this really works out for us. I, you know, we can have that wishful thinking. Having biblical hope is not wishful thinking. There is belief behind it. There is this conviction inside you that says, I know that my God is gonna come through. I know this situation is gonna change and, and, and I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna put my hope in God and not wish that it would change, but I know it's gonna change. And so biblical hope is supernatural. Hope is a soil that faith grows in. It's the soil. So if you have rich soil of hope in your life, then faith is gonna grow up in that. But if you want your faith to grow up, you need hope for it to grow in. Isaiah 49, 23 promises, no one who hopes in me ever regrets it. 
No one who hopes in me, God's promise, no one who hopes in me ever regrets it. So if you're in this place and God is saying, I need you to hope in this area, I need you to step out in this, and it's scary, and you're like, God, I may regret it. He promises, you will not regret it. Put your hope in me and I will come through for you. I love the story in Genesis. You know, God is a God of hope. And I love the story um, where it talks about the spirit before the earth was formed and the spirit was hovering over it, it. And in one translation, it says it brooded over the earth. It brooded over, the spirit brooded over the earth. And I imagine this like mother hen, you know, like sitting over the earth, just like waiting for it to birth forth in life. And that was the spirit of hope. It was hovering over the earth. Just imagine just God, just pregnant with anticipation. Just, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so good. I've got all this hope for what I'm about to bring order to. And I'm just sitting here pregnant with it. And I'm just waiting for it to come forth, just waiting. And that is the God that we serve. A God that broods with hope of what, of anticipation of what could be. You know, in uh, the story of Ezekiel with the dry bones, that story, like, isn't that like crazy? like dead bones coming to life. And oh man, that's like, oh, my heartbeat. I'm like, yes, God, dead things coming to life. Like, could you imagine if God took you to a valley of dead bones and said, do you think these, these bones could live? I mean, what would our response be? He responded well and said, well, God, only you know. <laughs> wise, wise, wise response. But he, God needed a person of hope to work with. Ezekiel had hope that it could happen. So whenever we have hope and God says, can that dead thing live? Can that, re that relationship be restored? Can that dream be redeemed? Can your finances re be revived? He's looking for a person of hope that would say, yes, God, only you know, I put my hope in you. So I wanna ask you, are you a believer? Are you a believer? Many of us can call ourselves Christians, but do you believe that God is who he says he is? We can go to church and we can do the things and we can raise our kids in the way they should go, but do we really believe what we say we believe? Because God can work with belief. He's asking for us to believe, to believe in our heart. There's things that are in our subconscious that direct our actions. What is our belief? Do we believe that he can redeem, that he can restore? God wants your beliefs. He can work with belief. Romans 12, two says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you wanna see transformation in your life, the first step is surrendering our beliefs. I had a lot of bad beliefs. Yeah, you know, it's like we get disappointed and we're like, oh gosh, I really was hoping for that thing. And God, I believed for that thing and it didn't happen. And so I don't know if I can believe that this is good, that you're good, that this is gonna turn out for good. 
But God is saying, will you just place your hope in me? Give me your beliefs. Will you trans allow my spirit and my truth to transform your thoughts, to renew your mind so that you can have my beliefs of my goodness and to see breakthrough in your life? So I think right now, like if you just think about like, is there a, is there a tough situation in my life right now? Is there a relationship? Is there something there that I am struggling to believe? that God is good, that he's gonna break through in my finances, that he's gonna break through in that relationship. And I just want you to picture yourself and I just want you to put it before God. Just lay it before him right now. It's never too late. It's never too late. Just lay it at his feet and say, God, I just want you to renew my mind in this area. In the area of this relationship, I just, I want a new mind. I want new beliefs. Does anyone have increased hope? Who needs more hope in that area? Yeah, yeah, God. So I just pray right now, Lord, would you release hope in that area? Thank you, God, that you uh, have seen our willingness to lay that thing before you. And I just pray for hope just to be released in that area in Jesus' name. Awesome. Okay, so what do we do with our disappointment? What do we do whenever things don't go the way that we want them to go? When life doesn't look the way that we want it to look? We're often faced with a critical moment whenever that happens, whenever we're disappointed and we, we can make a choice. So recently, uh, my, uh, I have a, a child that is starting to become just more self-aware, just able to communicate needs more and... Um, and a lot of it is often, I really wanna hang out with my friends. Well, and my response is often, well, I don't know if we can make that happen. Or I really wanna go do this fun thing. And I don't, and then, you know, I, it's, it's starting to become very social. And so, which requires mom to have her plans and orders to accommodate all of the fun stuff that is happening. Um, and so, uh, so often the conversation goes, hey, mom, I really wanna do this. And I'll say, well, uh, I don't know, we have these plans, you know, to like do laundry today and clean the house, nothing real exciting, um, but we'll see if maybe we can accommodate and do something fun, you know, later on. And often, and I've noticed lately the response has been, well, okay, okay, well, sure. And I'll say, okay, what's with the bad attitude, you know? <laughs> and this is what I heard the other day well, I don't want to hope in that possibility because I don't want to be disappointed. And I was like, oh Lord, we're here. Like, and amazing that this child would know how to communicate that, you know? But in that moment, I realized that they were facing this critical moment of either this disappointing thing, it, you know, this could be disappointing. And, and she had a choice to make. Am I going to choose to hope and think, oh, wow, this, could, this good thing still could happen with me, or am I gonna partner with possible disappointment and, and, and just and make that agreement in that moment? She could make that agreement in that moment, and that's oftentimes what we're faced with. Yes? Yeah? We're like, God, I really wanted that breakthrough. I really wanted that job. I really wanted this to work out the way that I had hoped. And, and we're faced with that critical moment that decision, and, and it's what we agree with in that moment that determines the next step. 
right? So in, in that moment, whenever we're faced with disappointment, we can either withdraw from God, we can withdraw, we can push away, which often leads to isolation, hiding, shame, bitterness, addiction, or we can draw near to God, which secures us, frees us, produces greater hope and self-control. So in that moment, whenever she was facing that, she could push me away and isolate and say, no, I'm not gonna hope in that possible fun thing and I'm gonna withdraw from you, I'm gonna isolate from you and, and experience disconnection in relationship. Or she could have the choice to say, okay, I'm gonna step back in, I'm not gonna withdraw, I'm gonna hope again, I'm gonna trust that you're a good mom, that you're working all things for my good and that you want good things for me and I'm gonna draw near and be in relationship with you, right? And then me as the mom, it's my responsibility to say, oh, I see some hopelessness coming in. I see, I see you withdrawing, don't withdraw. Let's stay connected in relationship. And that's what God does to us. We have a choice. He's already decided, if you withdraw, I'm not gonna withdraw, but you have the choice to, but I really don't want you to withdraw from me. I really wanna be close with you. Will you draw near? Will you hold tight to the God of hope and I will be near to you? I know whenever I was in um, addiction, when I was addicted to cigarettes, I remember if I look back, that choice goes back to disappointment. It was disappointment from my childhood that then led to feeling of isolation, which led to bitterness, which led to, I don't care. I can't trust you. You're not gonna come through for me, which led to, oh, I don't really even care. Give me that cigarette. It was that, it was that progression. So whenever I decided I actually am gonna hold tight to God, I'm gonna let him heal my disappointment. I'm gonna choose to hope again. That addiction went away because I had vision for the future. I had a belief that he could actually heal my past, that he could redeem it, that I didn't need it, and that I could be free from it. And I was given self-control. So if there's an area in your life where you are experiencing some bitterness, some unforgiveness, some addiction, I want you to get with God. Say, God, is there a disappointment in my life that has caused this? Because this is just a byproduct. And he wants to enter into that pain. He wants to meet you in that place of disappointment. I've spent many hours praying with God whenever he takes me back to memories of disappointment. And, and I've said, God, where were you in that moment? Because in that moment, I felt really alone. I felt really betrayed. I had hoped and it didn't work out this way. And I don't think you were there. I need you to show me where you were. And every time he shows me, I was there. I was with you. Before I got up here to talk, I saw myself just climbing up into his lap on his throne. He was actually the one just in control and I was just getting to sit on his lap and he's here with me in this moment. He's with us in every season of our life and we can have hope. Psalm 43, five says, then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged 
Don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Ann Voskamp says, our nightmares end when we accept that where we are can still be where dreams come true. Our nightmares end when we accept that where we are can still be where dreams come true. So as I think about Mother's Day and Women of Hope, I thought of Mary and Elizabeth. Yeah? Like, what better day to talk about those two women? So why don't you turn in your scriptures to Luke 1? And funny little plug here. Um, do you know that song, Mary, Did You Know? I was reminded, I'm like, during worship, I'm like, I'm gonna plug this. Uh, Joel's dad's cousin wrote that song. Mark Lowry. Yeah, yeah. So Lowry family, that's our claim to fame. Everyone's always like, Mark Lowry's our family member, you know? Wrote Mary, did you know? I actually leaned over to Joel in worship. I was like, I wonder if any churches are singing Mary, did you know this morning? <laughs> like, we should have. We should have for Mother's Day. Um, no, I just want to talk through just these two women um, and just this story of these two women and, and their willingness to say yes to God, their willingness to have hope, their, their willingness to just go all in and just the hope of their life and their relationship um, together. And so um, as I prayed, I said, God, Jesus, I was, picture myself facing Jesus and I said, what do you want me to tell them about your mom? And I started weeping I was, and I just got this sense, he loves her so much. Like, wow, his mom, like put yourself in that place. Like Mary is his mom. Like the love that he has for her, the honor that he has for her. And, and, I, and I felt like you're saying, this is the kind of woman that I want my bride to be. A, a woman, a bride that is so full of hope that she will say yes to the most absurd thing and it be good. This is what I want my church to look like. So I'm not gonna read all of it because we're gonna go through uh, quite a few verses, but I'm just gonna pick out some things that really stood out to me as I read. Um, so the birth of Jesus. Um, oh, I'm in Luke 2. So starting in verse five, um, so there was a priest named Zechariah who served. And so they in the temple and he was, um, it was his honor to get to go in and to, to, to go into the temple um, that year. And so Zechariah um, and uh, Elizabeth, so they were married. Um, and so his, he goes in to uh, the temple, but in... Um, Verse seven, it says, but they were childless since Elizabeth was barren and now they were both quite old. So, so Zechariah and Elizabeth, they've been married for a while. They've been, um, you know, just serving Lord, both righteous before God, living virtuously, following the commandments of the Lord blamelessly. So they had good lives. They were good people, you know, honoring God, but yet they were childless, yet they were lacking. And I can imagine what Elizabeth felt 
just years of barrenness, like, God, we've been serving you. We've been hoping for this thing. And, and, you know, and in that culture to have children was like this great honor. And so they were serving God. They were leaders in the community, yet they were barren. But yet she had the story of Abraham and Sarah, their testimony. And so I imagine she probably clung to that. Like, even in my old age, you can you can still birth something. And so I thought that was just interesting that, that we need the testimony of previous generations so that we can hold on to the dreams that we have. And so um, if you have a, a area where God has broken through in your life, you need to tell that story to the next generation. You need to share your testimony so that they can cling on to hope as well. So, um, so she was barren. So then he goes in to serve in his, uh, in his duty as priest. So he goes in and he encounters an angel. And in uh, verse 12, it says, Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. He's showing grace to you. He is about to empower you with all that you need to, to be who you've called to be and to do what you've called and do what you've been called to do. For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. And so he tells him what, what John's life is gonna do. He uh, he speaks this prophetic word over John's life of, of who he's gonna become. And in that moment, uh, Zechariah has a decision if he's gonna believe the angel or not. And so he says, you're gonna have a baby. This is what your baby's gonna do. He's gonna do all these amazing things. But he had this prophetic word about his son. And us parents, it is critical that we hold tight to the prophetic words that we have about our children. And if you don't have a prophetic word about your child, you need to ask God for one. And you need to hold tight to that. I imagine as he raised John, he said, this is who you're gonna be. This is what the Lord said. I encountered an angel and he told me, this is who you're gonna be. And we have to hold fast to those words for our kids. So, so Zachariah says, how do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Like, how do you expect me to believe that? He just encountered an angel and he's telling the angel, how am I supposed to believe you? And the angel's like, okay, you're not getting it. And because of it, you're gonna pay a price and I'm gonna prove to you that, that this is actually gonna come to pass. And so he takes his voice from him. He said, you used your voice to doubt. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take it for a little bit and you're just gonna learn um, that, uh, that I am from God. So I think whenever God tells us something that is hard to believe, our response is to just rest and receive. We don't push back and say, God, well, why don't you just prove it to me? He says, will you just rest and believe me? Just rest. And then we just get to rest in his provision of that and fulfilling of that word. So then, um, so people outside are wondering what's going on? Why is he still in there? Um, and going down to verse 25. So he leaves his duties 
And soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for the next five months. With joy, she exclaimed, see how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. God takes away our barrenness. So Elizabeth is pregnant and uh, going on to verse 26, during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Isn't that cool? Like what God is doing in this family Like he's working through family to birth hope too. Um, So she was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled, troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. He says, don't yield to fear. So when you hear the word of the Lord, which maybe seems absurd, don't yield to fear. Keep pressing on, keep pushing into hope, believing that what he says is true. So he says what Jesus is, who Jesus is gonna be. And then he says in 36, what's more, your aged Aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. And that's God is working through family there. It's amazing. And in verse 38, then Mary responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. I love that. Yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. You just told me the most absurd thing. I'm gonna become pregnant and I've never been with a man. And and now Here I am. But she says, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. And so when God gives us a word, the key is acceptance and agreement. Not only do I accept it, yes, I will be a mother. Yes, I believe it, but I agree. Let it come to pass in my life. It takes our acceptance and our agreement. The ultimate act of worship is a surrendered heart to the Lord. I wanna just put a plug in here. Men, are you allowing the women in your life to have a place where their hearts can come alive and say, I will be a mother for the Lord? Are you providing an environment in your home where women are, can confidently say, yes, I will step in and I will birth that thing. I will do that hard thing. Is, is it safe enough for the women in your life to birth things, to mother, to take that risk? And one thing, one question that has changed my life that Joel asks me, and if you're you're taking notes, men, you wanna write this down. How is your heart? How is your heart? Whenever Joel asks me that, I can just open up and I can say, okay, I am safe to do this really crazy thing because I know that I have someone that is caring for my heart. So do you have, if you have a woman in your life that, is, that wants to take a risk, that, that feels called to this thing, the first thing is to just say, enter into their world and say, how's your heart doing? How are you doing? That's a plug, that's just right there. Um, so then, so Mary and Elizabeth, I know we're running out of time. Mary and Elizabeth come together and they, uh, they, 
they see each other and, and Elizabeth, uh, the baby jumps inside her and, and she declares over her, oh my gosh, what an honor it is for you to come that the mother of my Lord would be here. And, and I love that we need other people that are pregnant with the promise of God to celebrate with. If you're pregnant with something, and you're like, God's gonna, I feel like God's gonna do this thing. Find other people that will celebrate with you. Don't, don't, don't throw your dreams before people that aren't gonna celebrate with you. Those sacred things that you're carrying. We need other people who are pregnant to celebrate with us. So this past week, I'm wrapping this up. This past week, I was hanging out with a friend and, um, and she uh, received a diagnosis for her child, her baby. Um, that was a diagnosis that, that she didn't, doesn't really want, but is like, we were talking through it and she said, you know, but I have hope that this diagnosis is not gonna follow him for the rest of his life. I have hope that even though he has this diagnosis that, that, that we're gonna keep pressing through and we're gonna keep fighting for him and we're gonna keep hoping that he'll get to the other side of this and we're gonna climb whatever mountain we need to to get him there. And then, so I asked her, I said, can I have your permission to share this story? And she texted me this week and said, we had breakthrough. She said, he said his first word. So the diagnosis was, was, would cause a delay in speech. And she said, he said his first word. And I believe that moment when that mother said, I have hope that there's better for my son, God went to work. Yeah. And said, I was just waiting. I think he's been working. He's working on that little boy's behalf daily, but he saw the hope of that mom and said, go to work we're gonna see breakthrough this week. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, yes, this is hope. This is what happens. It just says, I'm just gonna choose that the future is gonna be better than the past. So I feel like God wants to restore some hope this morning. I do. I feel like as I prepared, I just saw faces of people and I just feel like God wants to restore hope. Isaiah 49, 15 says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And so I think as I've spoken, God has been just speaking to y'all's hearts and saying, there's some people in here with some areas where you have hoped for something and you have been disappointed. And I wanna restore that hope to them. I wanna give it back to them. I want them to give me their, their belief that it's not gonna be good and I wanna restore it. And so if you are in this place and you need hope restored in an area, maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in a lost dream, maybe it's in, um, in just a circumstance in your life. If you need restored hope, I, I'm just gonna ask you to stand. Would you stand? Would you be brave enough to say, I need hope in this area? Maybe it could just be an area of like, I don't have enough time to get everything done in my house, all the dishes and the laundry. I am hopeless in this area and I feel overwhelmed and I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I need hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just gonna pray over you. Why don't you just put your hands out in that posture to receive. Maybe you need healing. You've had this thing that has just been with you 
Maybe it's something that you were born with and you're like, how could I even be healed with it? I was born this way. Maybe there's a belief, God gave this to me. I just think God wants to restore hope in that area and he wants to heal you. So Lord, would you restore hope today? The God of hope. I just see, Lord, that you've been just brooding over these people today with anticipation. And you're so hopeful for them. You've never given up hope. You've never turned your back. You're so hopeful. He wants to enter in right now to that painful area. He's not just this cheerleader saying, come on, get some hope. Come on, you can do it. But he is in your pain with you. When I was in that birth moment with my second baby and I was doing it without pain meds, feeling everything, there were moments that I wanted to give up. When I was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is too hard. And I saw Jesus at my bedside looking at me saying, you can do it. Don't give up hope. You keep pushing. I'm with you. I believe in you. And that is what he's saying to you today. You can do it. Don't give up hope. I have a way out for you. And so in Jesus' name, I break off hopelessness. It has to go. Hopelessness has to go in the name of Jesus. I break it off. No longer can you put this heavy burden on these people in Jesus' name. Hopelessness go. And I pray, Lord, for breakthrough today. Today, Lord, that there would be a turning, that there would be a shifting, that there would be a hope, that there would be a release of joy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. I also feel like God wants to birth some new dreams. He's wanting to birth some promises through you and He's wanting you to say, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. Maybe you're a man. You can still say, I will be a mother for the Lord. You can birth that promise through me. You can do it. It troubles me. It's scary. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna put my hope in you. So if that's you, if God is stirring a dream in you, I want you just to stand too. You feel like He wants to birth something through you and that you're just gonna put a stake in the ground today and you're gonna say, yes, God, you can use me. I don't understand it, but yes, you can use me. You can use me. And my past has shown me that I can't do it, but I'm believing that I can do it as I step into the future. So Lord, I do, I just release God dreams in this place this morning. God dreams, impossible things, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that, that there are people in this room that have solutions to the world's problems. Solutions to the world's problems in this room and that you wanna birth it through them. 
Lord, just simple, ordinary people that You wanna take and do extraordinary things through. You've done it in my life. And so I release that truth that He wants to do it through us, through all of us in this room. So I release, yes, just new dreams, new dreams, new businesses. God, problems to the world's solution to the world's problems, Lord. I just release it in this place. And I ask for supernatural wisdom from heaven to empower these dreams. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I just wanna pray this blessing over you. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. 